0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. They're going to reject him. And and how in your
1: face, in the face of God, can you be? I mean, don't get your hopes up, God. This is hopeless. We're not going to repent. In fact, not only are we not going to repent... We're going to continue to walk according to our own plans, our own ways. We're going to do our own thing.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. There's a famous song with lyrics saying, I did it my way. Many people will insist their way is the best way for them and ignore the perfect way God has shown us all. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us of one of the times the Israelites knew the ways of God, but in defiance did the very things they knew were against his plans. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: God, through the prophet Jeremiah, speaks with yet another visual prophecy. You remember chapter 12, the visual with the sash? Well, this time there's another visual, only it's going to be concerning the potter's house, and namely that of God being the potter, and the people being the clay in the hand of the potter, which, by the way, that's what we actually and literally are. Clay. Dirt. He created us. In fact, they have researched and found that the same elements in the dust of the earth are the same elements present in these fleshly tents we call our temporal bodies.
0: We were literally
1: created from the dust of the earth. And we are but clay in the hands of the potter. However, as we're about to see, sadly, God was unable to have his way with his people in what he desired to do with the clay. So let's jump in, chapter 18, verse 1, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, verse 2, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And verse 4, the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. So here we go, we're starting off with Jeremiah being given yet another visual, this time of a potter who is having difficulty with the clay. The problem is not the potter, the problem is the clay. And it had become marred in the potter's hands. Then, verse 5, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant, verse 9, I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight, so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it." Wow. (laughs) In other words, it's on you. It's on you. If you will but obey my voice, take heed to my word, I will relent and not do that which I was going to bring against you. And conversely, if you would obey my voice, I'm still going to relent. But what I'm going to relent concerning is the good with which I said I would benefit you. In other words, you obey, I'm going to relent from the evil, you disobey, I'm going to relent from the good. The lesson here is quite clear. God, as the potter, is willing to take the marred clay and shape it according to His will and His plan, whether good or bad. The choice is theirs. He's at the ready, as we're going to see. Now, Therefore, verse 11, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now, emphasis now, everyone, from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. I mean, God is doing everything and stopping at nothing to get his people to turn, to repent, so he can relent. And the emphasis is on now. And Jeremiah has to speak this to the people. Here's the potter at the ready, and he's already warning them that on my wheel I am shaping and fashioning a disaster. I am devising a plan against you. It doesn't have to be this way. Return now everyone from his evil way. Oh, and by the way, I should probably warn you, now is as good of a time as any. The evil was unspeakable. It's going to get very graphic. I want to warn you ahead of time. For those of you that read ahead to stay ahead, you know what's ahead. It's hard to read, let alone imagine. Verse 12, And they said, now this is their response, that is hopeless." So we will walk according to our own plans, and we will, everyone, that's interesting, that detail, every one of us obey the dictates of his evil heart. Are you kidding me right now? For real? <laughs> I mean, again, I, it's hard to imagine. I mean, God is the God of endless chances, is he not? But they're going to reject Him. And and how in your face, in the face of God, can you be? I mean, don't get your hopes up, God. This is hopeless. We're not going to repent. In fact, not only are we not going to repent, we're going to continue to walk according to to our own plans, our own ways. We're going to do our own thing. And we're going to follow the dictates of our evil heart. This is a, a period of time in Israel's history. And please, we've talked about the disconnect, our proclivities and our propensity for there to be a disconnect between them then and us now. And usually that disconnect will look something like this. Oh, I would never do that. Oh, really? Uh, Follow the dictates of your evil heart. We just got done, right? Learning about famous verse. The heart is deceitfully wicked. It is incurable. There's no hope and you don't even know it. That's how deceitful and incurable your heart is, unless and until God, as only He can, changes your heart, gives you a new heart. Now, we know also from, I think it was the previous chapter, actually it was two chapters, I think it was uh, 16, where we're told that their sin was so ingrained in them, It had become such a part of them that it was like taking a stone tablet and engraving and etching it indelibly on the tablets of their heart. So, not to excuse it, but maybe in some way to explain it, they were so entrenched, they had become so evil that they reject the Lord. His offer to relent, if they would repent, and they reject it. They harden their hearts, and as we're going to see shortly, they stiffen their necks. But this is, again, it's hard to imagine. And please notice this. They preferred to walk according to their own plans, in their own way. And can you imagine, you're the clay. <laughs> you say to the potter as the clay, you're dirt. And you say to the potter, I want to do it my way. Uh, excuse me, you're clay in the hands of the potter. And you're rejecting the potter. You don't want to do what the potter wants to do. You don't want the potter to make you and shape you and fashion you according to his will. You want to do it your own way according to your own will. And again, this is why the disconnect is so dangerous and so subtle. Because I don't think there's a one of us here, myself included, perhaps myself especially, if honest with ourselves would not say that there are so many times in our Christian lives where we make this very decision to reject God's way and choose our own way. Well, it gets much worse. (laughs) As you might imagine, therefore, verse 13, thus says the Lord, Ask now among the Gentiles, Who has heard such things? The virgin of Israel has done a very horrible thing. Will a man leave the snow water of Lebanon? Look at the imagery here, fresh water. Why would you leave and not want that? Which comes from the rock of the field. Will the cold flowing waters be forsaken for strange waters? Bear with me because in the original this carries with it the idea of you're rejecting fresh water for sewage water. Oh, come on, that's, are you kind of stretching it or pushing it? No. In fact, that might be, if anything, an understatement in terms of the comparison and the contrast. This You rejecting me is akin to and comparable to choosing sewage water over fresh water. Snow water of Lebanon. My birthplace, by the way, the most delicious water in the world. I don't know, because I was very young. (laughs) But, I mean, just a picture of that. Here's this fresh water, and you're choosing sewage water. Verse 15, because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to worthless idols, and they have caused themselves to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths, to walk in pathways and not on a highway to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Hang on to that. Everyone who passes by it will be astonished and shake his head. Now, this perpetual hissing, what is that? It's also along the lines of whistling. So get the picture here. Use your God-given imagination. People are going to be so flabbergasted and astonished when they pass by your desolate land that I have made desolate because you rejected me. They're going to be so stunned. It's kind of got this uh, picture as we would understand it. Instead of a hissing, more like a whistling, like whew, That's what he's talking about. When people pass by, they are just going to be so blown away. Wow! That's how astonished they're going to be. And they're going to shake their head (laughs) in disbelief, really. I will scatter them, verse 17, as with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. Now, this is a cultural dynamic and even modern day. Um, you know the ironic blessing, Numbers 6, the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. Well, this is the opposite, the antithesis of that. Instead of God making His face to shine upon them, He's turning His back on them. And that is like the ultimate diss in the Middle East to this day to turn your back on somebody, instead of turning your face towards them and shining your face on them. Again, this is hard to read, right? Let alone imagine. But here's the thing, God really had no choice. I mean, He's given them endless chance after endless chance, and they still continue to harden their hearts and reject Him. Here God is being gracious and merciful, pleading with them through the prophet Jeremiah. Verse 18, Then they said, (laughs) You have to bear with me on this one. Come and let us devise plans against Jeremiah. For the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come and let us attack him with the tongue, hang on, and let us not give heed to any of his words. A couple thoughts. First, textbook. You don't like the message, you take it out on the messenger. You don't like the message, so you attack the messenger. I'm just the messenger. Well then, (laughs) you don't like the message, and they did not like the message, so you're going to attack. This is so textbook. They're going to attack the messenger because they don't like the message? How are they going to attack them? Oh, the best possible way to inflict the most possible damage, the tongue. That's how we're going to do it. It's the best way. We can destroy them with our tongues. Is that not what we learned and are learning from James in our study through that book? But the tongue is so deadly, and it's so poisonous. So they're going to poison people against Jeremiah. They're going to attack him with their tongue. They're going to make false accusations about him. They're going to constantly criticize him. They're going to discredit him. They're going to make YouTube videos about him, attacking him. Oh, here's the thing, the tongue, it's poisonous. You poison people against someone by what you say about them, and now that person that you have poisoned about them will never be able to look at them the same way again. That's how deadly that poisonous tongue is. You can kill people with the tongue. You assassinate their character. You murder them in your heart, and you slander them with your tongue. And that's how we're going to attack him, with the tongue. We're not going to attack him physically, although when we get to chapter 20, we're going to see some of that. He's going to get incarcerated, but spoiler alert, by the way, (laughs) chapter 20. But We're not going to attack him physically. We're going to attack him with the tongue, because that's way more effective. It will accomplish that which we want to accomplish, because, notice, let us not give heed to any of his words. We're going to so attack him with our tongues and discredit him and slander him and falsely accuse him and discredit him that nobody will listen to him. Because see, and Satan knows this, which is why he does this, and we're going to actually, I think in the prophecy update, be talking a little bit about this. But Satan knows that in our human sin, Adamic nature, you're guilty till proven innocent. Example, and you'll forgive me for this example. Example. If I say to you about somebody else, um, I wonder if he still beats his wife. And then next week comes and you're in church and who should sit next to you but the wife beater? He beats his wife. You just destroyed him. You've falsely accused him. You've borne false witness against him. And you've done with your tongue exactly what Satan got you to do with your tongue. You're doing his bidding. When you slander and criticize and complain, I'm sorry, you'll forgive me again. And again, bear with me, please. I'm just going to share my heart with you when it comes to criticizing and complaining and slandering and gossiping, do you know it rises to the level of being included in Scripture on the same list as things like sexual immorality, murder, we're talking physical murder, and gossiping. It's like almost, wait, 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 that, that's on a different list, isn't it? No! It is included In the same list, with things like murder and sexual immorality and wickedness and gossiping, it almost doesn't seem like it should be there. It is. Why? Because it rises to the same level as that in the eyes of God.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D., If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel Kaniohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D., he also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor JD. You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor JD has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, What it meant for the people then and what it means for you today in the here and now. Come learn what's coming up next here on In Spirit and Truth.